You are listening to Love Me Dead, a parasitic romance horror, written and read by J.M. Santos. I woke up on my back sometime later. Sitting up with a grunt, I patted my body, subconsciously looking for my cell phone. My hands came to my slime-covered chest, and the horror of being mouth-raped by a nightmare creature instantly filled me with terror. I opened the camera on my phone and switched it to selfie. I opened my mouth as wide as it would go. My jaw was still sore from being so extended. I stuck out my tongue and used the camera flash to see as far back as I could. The sensation of pressure shifting from one side of my stomach to the other jolted me upright. I lifted up my t-shirt and looked down at my belly. Long seconds ticked by, and just when I was about to put my shirt down, a bulging mass rippled across my stomach like a wave. It moved from the left side to the right, then back again, and it settled somewhere in the middle. This is when I officially lost my shit. I shot out of that tent like a cannonball. I streaked past the campsite and into the woods like a bolt of lightning. Small branches smacked at my face and tugged at my clothes, but try as it might, the forest would not slow me down. By some small miracle, I made it back to the main trail. Pumping my legs viciously, I ran faster than I ever did before. That's not an exaggeration. I was flying. I mean, Usain Bolt fast. It took me just minutes to get back to my car, and I wasn't even breaking a sweat. I got in, started the engine, and slammed it into drive. Peeling out in the parking lot, I regained control and raced up the driveway back to the gate. I slammed on the brakes. A mudslide of profanities came pouring out of me as I cursed at the locked gate. I was out of the car in an instant and running up to the portal. There was a single chain keeping the gates closed, secured with a solid, fist-sized padlock. I pulled at the lock frantically. Why didn't they post a sign? How long was I out for? Let me the fuck out of here! Screaming in frustration, I grabbed the padlock in one hand and yanked it back as hard as I could. With a metallic pinging sound, the lock broke in my hand and the chain slid down the gate and gathered on the ground. Mouth open, I looked at the broken lock in my hand. It looked new with no signs of fatigue. Maybe a manufacturer's defect caused it to snap. Whatever the reason, I wasn't going to question my luck. I jumped back in the car and did 80 all the way back home. Hindsight is 2020. I really should have gone straight to the hospital, but after being traumatized like that, I needed the safety and sanctuary of my home. I wasn't ready to be examined and dissected in an emergency room. I opened the door of my apartment and the clock said 11.30. It had been four and a half hours since I left. The living room was dark. Ryan must have been in bed for the night. I stealthily made my way into my room and closed the door behind me. All of the adrenaline had drained from my body now, and I felt completely wiped out. Exhausted, I slumped down the door into a heap on the floor. I closed my eyes and drank in the peaceful quietness. Knock, knock, knock! My heart skipped a beat, and my body felt like it was doused in ice water. Yo, Jason, you home? What, did you run to the bar instead? Ryan shouted through the door. I could tell his face was pressed right up to the door. I could hear him sniffing like a basset hound. Ugh, smells like shit in here. You stepping dog poop, or did you drink yourself into shitting your pants again? 
I looked down at my crap-covered pant leg. Yeah, dog poop. That's nasty, man. Must have been a Rottweiler or something. A real man-eater. I'm going to bed. Spray some fucking Febreze, will ya? Ryan retreated back to his side of the apartment. I looked up, and the blonde bombshell was sitting cross-legged on my bed. No. Fucking God, no. I can't take this anymore. My heart is gonna explode. I clutched my chest like Fred Sanford. I'm dying. Lord, I'm dying. Relax, she said. She got up off the bed and sat down beside me. You're not dying. Your heart is beating at 134 BPM. For a strong, healthy male of your age, that isn't even vigorous intensity range. How do you know so much about my heart? I asked her. I'm holding it, she replied coolly. She looked almost ethereal in the moonbeams dancing between the blinds of my window. Oh no, I moaned. You really are inside me, aren't you? I don't understand. How is any of this possible? You're sitting right beside me. What are you? What are you doing to me? The questions kept spilling out of me. I was on the brink of hysteria when she touched my face and pulled me close to her chest. I was crying like a baby in her arms. Then, a warm sensation radiated from my stomach, eradicating the tension that was building in my chest and shoulders. I melted into her as she whispered into my ear, It's okay. It's over now. I'm sorry that it's not easy. I wish there was another way. I really do. We are together now, and that's all that matters. You did a great job. Sleep. We'll worry about eating tomorrow. My eyes were already shut, and I was sinking deeper into the dream state that borders between being awake and being asleep. Okay. Please don't leave me. I don't want to sleep alone, I groggily whispered. I'll never leave you, Jason. <sighs> My eyes closed, and I began drifting into a peaceful slumber. Just no kissing, okay? No kissing. Promise? Promise. That night, I dreamt I was sinking into an inky black sea. All around me floated thousands of throbbing purple squid with sapphire blue human eyes. The alarm on my phone chimed annoyingly in my ear. I forgot to put it on the charger when I passed out last night. Thank God there was enough battery to make it to the morning or I would have been late. I scrambled around my room, ripping my clothes off while looking for a towel. It was draped over my computer chair. I pulled it off the chair, spinning it like a top. With towel wrapped around my waist and one pant leg still attached to my ankle, I sprinted to the bathroom. I slammed the door behind me and turned the silver and glass knobs for the shower to scorching hot. Digging through the toiletries, I used my other foot to free myself from my jeans. Shampoo bottle and soap in hand, I jumped into the shower and cursed in pain as the boiling hot water scalded my skin. Dropping my bath products, I fumbled with the knob like a train engineer, all while trying to keep every inch of my body out of the streaming lava. The frantic early morning rush began to ease a little bit as I lathered shampoo into my hair. I had pushed aside all the bizarre things that happened to me last night, and in the first quiet moment I've had, it all came rushing back. I looked down at my stomach and thoroughly examined the front and sides with my hands. There were no bulges or masses that I could detect. Everything felt normal. Did it really happen? Was it all just a bad dream? 
It dawned on me that I was still running late for work, so I picked up the pace and finished up the shower. I threw the dirty pair of jeans into the hamper. The shit stain proved that I had been at the campsite last night. I tried to convince myself that what happened was some sort of fucked up side effect of being dumped by a girl that is way harder than you deserve. I must have done a great job lying to myself, because I didn't even think of going to the hospital. I just finished getting dressed, grabbed a couple of hard-boiled eggs out of the fridge, and drove to work. By day, I'm a commercial loan officer for First Federal Bank downtown, recently promoted from the rank and file of loan servicing, thank you very much. I've only been in the position for about a year. Although I don't have a direct boss, per se, there is a vice president overseeing the group that is a real dick when it comes to tiredness. The drive is about ten minutes, just enough time for me to swallow these eggs. I pop the first one in my mouth. Meal prep is a trait I learned from my mother. She would always say, Jason, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. I chewed the egg up and swallowed. It tasted odd, almost rotten. Making a sour face, I inspected the second egg. It looked perfectly fine. I ate that one as well, and it was accompanied by the same strange taste, and immediately my stomach began to rumble. This was not a good start for my morning. My luck turned for the better as I parked my car in the last spot available in the employee garage. I grabbed my jacket and briefcase and ran up the big flight of cement stairs to the rotating glass doors of the bank's entrance. If I clicked the elevator button any harder, I'm sure my finger would have went right through it. Just make it to my desk. Just gotta make it to my desk. I repeated the mantra to myself as the elevator slowly ascended to the fourth floor, each illuminated button taking an eternity to change states. Mercifully, the doors parted before me and I dashed to my cubicle. I rounded a corner and the break room was in sight. There was some yogurt in the fridge. I didn't know why, but for some reason I thought that that might help soothe my stomach. I grabbed a Greek banana-flavored yogurt and a plastic spoon out of one of the drawers. Finally, I made it to my safe space and plopped down in my chair. Shoveling one spoonful after another in my mouth, I watched my computer screen come to life. Once I gave myself a second to breathe, the foul taste began to assault my taste buds. If my stomach was turning before, it was doing somersaults now. My phone buzzed, another alarm. 8.15. 15 minutes until the morning meeting. Shit, I don't know if I can make it. For the second time today, I sent a computer chair spinning. I beelined to the closest bathroom. Down the hall lined with cubicles, I saw the promised land. The beautiful blue sign where the little white man was like a beacon in the darkness. Like Moses, to reach salvation, I had to part in a mighty sea. Its name was Arthur Burtlam, Senior Vice President of Commercial Lending. Ah, oh, good morning, Jason. On your way to the morning meeting? I was just heading there myself. Five minutes early, you're on time, you know. And if you're on time, you're late. He put his arm around my shoulder, turning me around to direct me back the way I came. I looked yearningly over my shoulder at the fading bathroom sign as he escorted me to the meeting. The small conference room had an oval, cherry table in the middle, surrounded by ten office chairs. In eight of those chairs sat commercial lending professionals of various expertise and backgrounds. Some had pens and stationery in front of them, others fidgeted with cell phones and chair height. The two remaining chairs were side by side, and of course reserved for yours truly and my best bud art. I sat down in my chair and tried not to look as miserable as I felt. Art began the meeting, and all the heads turned in unison to what was being projected on the big white screen. Do you remember the Peanuts cartoons? I was having a want-want moment as Vice President Bertlam droned on about some customer figures that sucked the soul out of the other nine attendees. 
My stomach grumbled, and I placed my hand on it. Something rose to the surface, pushing against my skin from underneath, and rippled across my stomach like the Loch Ness Monster breaching its serpentine body. Nancy gasped as I shoved myself away from the table. I'm, I'm sorry, I, um, I just need to go to the bathroom. I apologized. Running down the hallway, I made it back to the same bathroom I had so desperately tried to get to earlier. I kicked down the first stall door and fell to my knees. If there was anyone else in the bathroom with me, I couldn't hear them over the sound of my breakfast being puked into the toilet. <coughs> After retching for about 30 seconds, I wiped my mouth on some toilet paper and walked over to the sink to wash my hands. A quick look around the bathroom confirmed I was alone. I took off my jacket and pulled my shirt up to fully expose my torso. Twisting the mirror, I couldn't see any bulges or out-of-place masses. What the hell was wrong with me? Did last night really happen? Is there something inside of me? I splashed some cold water into my face and didn't bother to tuck my shirt back in. Grabbing my jacket, I went back to the meeting, disheveled and weak in the knees. I apologized to everyone, vehemently, and excused myself for the day. I told R I had some bad diarrhea. That always seems to be a good get-out-of-jail-free card. What's wrong with me? I had to get to a hospital. I needed to know. Throwing my stuff in the front seat of the car, I took a deep breath as I gripped the wheel. The shifter clicked into reverse. Looking up at the rearview mirror, I checked if anything was behind me, and to subconsciously reassure myself that everything would be alright. Everything was not alright. There was not supposed to be a blonde woman with striking blue eyes in the back seat of my car. But there she was, looking right back in my reflection in the mirror. I felt that prehistoric fear of prey when a predator has unknowingly penetrated its defense and is now lurking in the safety of its den. My hand grasped the door handle, but before I could make my escape, she paralyzed me with six little barbed words. You won't make it what out alive. Thank you for listening to this episode. See you on the next one. Soundtrack by Wolf Simmons. Recorded at the Cedar Room Studio. If you like what you hear, be sure to check him out on the music streaming platform of your choice. This podcast is protected by a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 4.0, International License. Which means you can't sell it or change it, but you can copy and share it all you like. Please share it with a friend, and don't forget those five-star reviews. Well, that's all I got. Peace, and love me dead.